shot. One opportunity. Sees everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out, time's up, over, loud. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke, he's so mad. Welcome back. Calling the dogs with Chansey and Chi. My man, it's here. It has arrived. <laughs> Lose yourself, man. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we did it right, then you just got done listening to the intro of Lose Yourself as we come into the episode. If we did it wrong, then you heard the same old, same old Calling the Dogs <laughs> intro. <laughs> so Basically, whatever we can pull off of YouTube or wherever we're going to get this. <laughs> so, but we were just talking about it. We're not really worried about copyright infringement. So <laughs> if one of y'all rats it out, we can figure it out pretty fast. <laughs> we can yeah, probably gonna... <laughs> probably pull some pull some kind of data and figure it out. Yeah, but we're challenging Chancey's uh, technical abilities on this. I, I believe in you. I believe in you. No, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it's well, been a minute. It's been a minute. We're finally back. Uh, we've. It's been a. I feel like it was. There are months and months between each time we talk. Um, but uh, it's we're back and we're going to be getting back on a regular schedule here. But uh, but man, the the summer. It's it's finally wrapping up and uh, the dogs are playing in a, in a in a couple weeks. It's actually happening. Yeah, I mean, seventeen days from now. We're teeing it up in Nashville at 7.30. What is it? Is it on ESPN or is it on uh, SEC Network? What's it on? It's on SEC Network. So, um, I mean, here's the deal. I, I don't know. You're going. Yes. I'm not I'm not going. Uh, and we'll have a if, – if this plays out how we think it is, then we're going to have a little bit of, of a Vanderbilt preview before that game, the week leading up to it. Um, but I'm not planning on going – Chancey's gonna go. He's gonna go to Nashville. He's gonna go down. What's the what's the main street called there? The big oh, big, um, God bless. Um, it's probably I don't know, all the all the hon- just all honky tonk row <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So um, it should be fun. Should be a good time. A lot of a lot of folks are heading that heading up that way. Um, so it's I'm 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 expecting a fun a fun trip. I mean, uh, been in Nashville a couple of times last year. It's a fun place. So, uh, I'd like to go in there, kick some ass. And then, uh, you've been in uh, Nashville, but you don't know what the main, main drag is called. I've never, I've only been there for like literally like 15 minutes, uh, driving through it on the, on the way to Columbia for the Missouri game. Ah, oh yeah. I remember when we did, I, I guess I forgot that we went through Nashville for that. But damn, anyway. <laughs> we can probably Google this. But I'm not. I'm oh, not that committed. Not, not, not going to do that. Not going to. Um, we've already. We've already. We'll talked let, we'll let all this. the bachelorette parties. They can have Nashville, uh, but I haven't. I haven't been there. And, you know, I think it's a good time. I'm sure it's a good time. We have a lot of friends that are going. You're going. Um, yeah, but to be honest with you, um, I'm going to watch that game sitting in the lake. Literally, I might watch it from the lake because we got the TV on the dock. Um, I might just, might just, you know, enjoy it there. Cause uh, Karana's gonna be down in Florida. She doesn't give a rat's ass about about the football <laughs> games. So she's going down there for some reunion with her girlfriend. So 
uh anyway that's that's that <laughs> but i'm glad you're gonna be going yes looking forward to it so i'll give you some uh on the some put some boots on the ground and uh we'll have some uh some live coverage from uh from from the from location so should be fun from the college football cap capital of the world <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> hey did you see today though they announced that they're gonna have they're gonna sell alcohol in the stadium yeah i saw that which is wild uh, it's probably just going to be beer. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's just—I guess it's just actually happening. So I mean, I, I'm sure it'll just—it'll—it'll be a big hullabaloo, and uh, then it'll be over, and nobody will really care about it. Well, what's the what's what else, what other reason do they have to go to, go to that game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no I mean, idea. If you if you're walking in that stadium, you know you're going to be get beat by 45 plus. Uh, just just don't do it. Just go drink outside. It, it'll cost you a lot less money. Yeah, um, and you can get you some hard liquor too. So. Yeah, yeah. You can you can avoid. You can just go straight the, to the hard liquor, the booze, baby. Um. Well, anyway, well let's uh, let's get into this thing. I'm pumped about. The fact that we're 17 days away, um, I'm, 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 I'm feeling that tingly feeling mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my loins. <laughs> <laughs> all the people, all these random folks are starting to make the hype videos on YouTube, and so anytime mm-hmm. you open it, it's just stuff starts popping up. My, my feed on all the on all the social medias is getting full of it. Um, yeah, but uh, right. but beyond, uh, I. I've just been getting stuff virtually and what I read online. You actually had the chance to uh, repeat from uh, last year, and actually, uh, due to all your just insane connections that you have, uh, go and watch uh, the the practice uh, this past weekend. Um, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave the floor open to you, sir. What what did what did you get to see? Yes, let me let me bring you into my insight, uh, people. <laughs> People usually kind of pay for this kind of thing, but uh, uh, no, not I, cheap. Uh, not, not this guy. Not this guy. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Pay, pay for this kind of uh, insight on the. Uh, but anyway, um, yes, my father-in-law, who very graciously took me to the uh, closed practice this past uh, Saturday, and uh, gotta say it was hot. It's hot as hell, <laughs> but. We went in there and, and and basically we didn't get to see a whole lot because um, it started raining about an hour and a half into it and I could tell he was kind of ready to go which is fine I mean he's my ticket in there I'm not gonna sit there and complain um, so I got to see enough to where I got a good grasp of what our depth chart's gonna look like and that's the number one thing I want to talk about and then uh, you know there was a few small tidbits I'll share with you too um, top to bottom though right now. We're looking on offense. I mean, there's there's the no-brainers. You got Fromm, Swift, Werner. Uh, this, those are all three going to be starters. Um, and then across the offensive line, there's really only one spot that is a question mark, and that's right guard. Uh, right now, you still have Andrew Thomas, Solomon Kenley, Trey Hill, and then uh, Isaiah Wilson in the right tackle. But the right guard spot, um, I, it looked like to me Cade Mays was getting a little bit more time in the right guard. And then uh, Ben Cleveland was his main backup. Jamari Sawyer, who was a five-star player, uh, five-star recruit. Um, I don't. He's not getting buried. I just we are just too good. <laughs> Offensive line is incredible. I mean, for a guy like that, a five-star guard to be a first man in at any offensive line position is incredible. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking like across the you know front front line, and then also in the backfield, but. 
I guess what most people want to hear about is what we look like a receiver. That's the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball. And right now, Simmons is a no-brainer. He's he's he looks like he's working out in the X position. Excuse me, the Y position. <clears throat> I had those mixed up in my notes. Uh, he looks like he's working out of the Y position most. Uh, and then his first backup is Pickens, who, you know, I actually was not there whenever this happened, but a lot of people have seen it went viral. You've seen the video, right, of him yes. making the one-handed grab. Yes, I don't think uh, it's real. There's no way that that's humanly possible. It was photoshopped. It was definitely photoshopped. <laughs> and, you know, it's a video of a video that got posted on social media, you know. So I have to think that somebody may have lost their job for that, but we'll see. Um, Simmons looks – he looks good, man, and I'm looking forward to him being a leader on this team. I think he deserves a great shot. The offensive – excuse me, the offseason um, – Arrest. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that's been taken off the table. I'm pretty sure it's been dismissed. Him and Tyreek Stevenson got. A, I think he in that situation. We talked about it not too long ago. I guess it was in the spring. But I think that Simmons was defending Stevenson against somebody that he was talk, in a fight with or something downtown. So it was dismissed. That's all I really care to hear. As long as Simmons is ready to go the first game of the season, that's that's fine with me. But Pickens is a very capable player, super talented. The slot position is really interesting because we have three guys there that two two are, I mean, actually all three are super talented. They're all three. I mean, it kind of depends on who's going to be the best blocker, I think. But apparently Demetrius Robertson and uh, Kyrus Jackson are the uh, two that come to mind. But Dominique Blaylock is a big-time third-end third player, and he's going to be a true freshman. So he's got you know these two guys ahead of him. They have a year under their belt in the system. Uh, Demetrius, I think, is is really turned on how how well he blocks, but he's also been working on his route running. And then uh, Kyrus is also Kyrus is a big guy, dude. Like I think he squats like 500, 600 pounds, something like that. He's incredible. Uh, and then the split end position, the first end guy I saw with Matt was Matthew Landers. And then Lawrence Kager right behind him. So, you know, we've been hearing all summer, all spring, about how Matthew Landers is super athletic. He's gonna be that. He's gonna be that split end guy. He's six five. So is Kager. Uh, and so I really want to see him turn it on. And then um, on the defensive side of the ball, these these this is just a quick rundown. Uh, it looked like Malik Herring was getting the start in one of the end positions. It looked like uh, Jordan Davis is definitely gonna be the nose. Uh, Tyler Clark, Devontae Wyatt are going to be the DT. And then the strong side outside linebacker, Adam Anderson and uh, Walter Grant. I mean, they're kind of interchangeable, but I think I would say Adam Anderson was getting more of the reps. And then kind of surprisingly uh, on the weak side outside linebacker, Aziz Ojulari was getting the large majority of the reps. He looked really good. He looked like he was focused. He looked chiseled. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to respect that. Um, the Mike, the Mike linebacker, Tay Crowder, I think, I think Tay and Monty Rice have kind of solidified the inside positions and then Eric Stokes. And, but here's the deal, you know, as just as well as I do that the inside linebacker positions have some studs behind them. I think Channing and Quay can both come in and be contributors. And then N'Kobe Dean, who was a five-star guy, came in 
uh, you know, just this year, true freshman. He's a little undersized, but I mean, the guy's got instincts. Like he's been, he's the one that's been compared to Roquan, which don't (laughs) (laughs) don't don't, that blasphemy. Second episode of the row of me comparing somebody to Roquan, and it's it's a hard thing to do. Uh, But anyway. Continuing with the defensive backs, the cornerbacks, Eric Stokes has definitely got one of the positions. Tyson Campbell, um, just so you know, he he went out with a little bit of. It looked like he had a he had an injury at some point in the practice, but I think he was just a stinger. I'm not worried about it. And I, reports from the practice are not saying it's anything uh, serious. And then, uh, but him and DJ Daniel were kind of going neck and neck on who's going to be that other uh, cornerback opposite of Eric Stokes. Strong safety, Richard LeCount. Uh, free safety, Jared Reed. And then star position is going to be interesting. It's basically going to be Webb, uh, Mark Webb, Devod Wilson, or Tyreek McGee. So I'm excited to see that play out. <clears throat> and there's other cornerbacks that can play into that position. And then also, you know, kicker, Rodrigo, uh, Camarda with the punts. So that's your basic, basic depth chart. Just some quick tidbits on what... You know, other small little things I noticed is Amir looked really good, as you can imagine. I was terrified with anything, anytime he cut, uh, because you know, you know the history. I, I don't, I don't want him to be making hard cuts. Uh, Harian had a very intense run. He looked like he was going to pick up right where he left off last year. I think that's how he's going to run all season. Tyreek Stevenson popped the hell out of Ty- Tyler Simmons. <laughs> It was awesome. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing that guy. Might he might replace whoever's on the opposite side of of Eric Stokes, uh, or he might replace Eric Stokes, which would be incredible. And then Tommy Bush, um, he had a really big uh, touchdown grab from Stetson, uh, which was incredible. He went up and got it. And Tyson, uh, sorry. And then uh, the linebackers look really good. Pumped to have David Marshall back. That's my wrap up of the practice. I lost you there for a second, but you're back. Are you? Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can hear you. It just started raining here. So, uh, down in South Georgia, when it rains, we don't have good internet. <laughs> so, uh, well, I just, I just, you know, I just talked for like 10 minutes straight. So, uh, well, well, I mean, so just kind of, I mean, you kind of gave us the, the specifics. What were your, I know you didn't get to see much, but I mean, was anything that, I mean, I know you say it's some tidbits here. What was the overall feel? Because, I mean, when we, I tried to do some reading, and obviously you hear the, the, the usual uh, the usual media outlets were talking about the day and said that it was a pretty off day for the offense. And then, But then a lot of people were saying, and, and kind of, or my thoughts were, is um, they said that first-team offense was really struggling, but I feel like that was probably the case. But I also feel like our defense is pretty freaking good. I mean, I feel like that plays into it. A, a huge part of it um just i mean that's just kind of a thought uh so what i mean anything like that stand out to you just kind of overall feel yeah i mean here, here's the way i put it is first of all nobody needs to buy too far into scrimmages they're pride to scrimmages they literally do this every day this just happened to be one that people who pay a certain amount of money to the Hartman fund <laughs> get to go see right and i would not i would not buy too much into it at all i mean from had an off day from had he threw a lot of balls in the ground he uh he overthrew a few guys i mean he had a few pretty good shots but i mean you can't you can't take it to a whole lot out of that 
and it's hard for me to sit here and, and, and say like, okay, this is anything, anything I just said is for certain. I mean, this is the, this is basically the beginning of, I mean, that was summer camp. That <laughs> That's summer ball. You can't, I mean, I think there's a direction you can head from there, but it's basically just a guideline in, in terms of uh, who's going to be starting day one, you know, game one. Uh, so, I think that the offense did struggle a little bit, but I think it's more of I would rather see the defense be good in a scrimmage than I would the offense. Yes, that's that that means a lot more to me. Uh, so, anyway, I I didn't think I didn't think a whole lot of that. I think the defense looked the defense did look good. The linebackers look incredible. Um, defensive line, who you know, last, just last year we were like really short on. Um, it looks to be kind of like a position of depth now, which is incredible after one year. But even some of the guys that came in this past year, you know, Tremel Walford, I mean, even him was getting – he was getting playing time. So, basically the only guys on the defensive line that not expecting a whole lot out of are some of the guys who were recruited three or four years ago and just have been buried. Uh, but there's some guys – there's still some playmakers. Justin Young and Mikel Carter are the two that come to mind, but they can still contribute. You know they're yeah. still they're still big bodies. So anyway, it's um I think we'll be fine. It's, you can't take a whole lot from that kind of stuff. So um you know I I don't, I don't want to well how about we hop on to the QB depth real quick and then I'll come back to recruiting update because I'd hate to take up twenty minutes of the first <laughs> first thirty minutes of the podcast talking. We just all by we all love hearing you talk, Chief. <laughs> um. um but yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, obviously Fromm's the number one guy, and then you got uh, Dewan and Stetson Bennett right behind him. I mean, what do you think going forward? I mean, if Fromm, knock on knock on wood, do you have wood in front of you? Yes. Is your is the desk wood? Okay, knock on it real quick. Say okay. Fromm goes down at some point during the season. Well, uh, I mean, to be real honest, our 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 depth is Stetson. I mean, we've got we've got Dewan, but uh, if you've forgotten, he had a, a, I think it was a benign brain tumor deal and, and had surgery on that. And so there, I mean, everything is kind of we're we don't want Dewan to have to really do anything. Like we don't want to touch Dewan. He's I think he's doing well, but recovery is obviously a a um, a priority for him. Uh, Stetson to me, I mean, to me, Stetson's the kind of backup you want because a he's he's been around the team for so long. Even like I said, even coming back, he knows the team has not changed much since he's since he's been there. The type of team he knows the playbook, he knows the coaches. Um, so for me, I and obviously kind of playing off what you said earlier about Fromm, there, there's obviously zero concern about Fromm. Fromm has taken us to two straight SEC championship games. We've been to uh, – we've gone to the playoffs. We've won in the playoffs with him. Like, there, there's obviously zero concern there. Um, but when it comes to what happens if he does go down, obviously we don't have the uh, the gunslinger uh, that we in, – in Fromm – with Stetson, but I think that he's a guy who knows who knows our offense, and that's what you want. You you, you want to have that game manager because, um, to me, the fear is if you got somebody who's out there trying to who's going to go out there and try to be the hero, 
and uh, and, and really ruin your shot because what we're about to talk about is all of these incredible players that he has around him. We have another stable of running backs. You just mentioned Zamir. We've got a senior in Brian Herrion. We haven't had a senior uh, like running back for a couple of years and since Chubb and, and, and Michelle and having Herrion, who's going to be, to me, is going to be a, a foundational piece this year. And then these all these unproven receivers. And then we've got some, we got some good tight ends, too, that are coming in. Um, you want somebody that's going to be able to take that and run with it and and know what his job is in the offense and get it to the get it to the playmakers and that's what Stetson's going to be able to do better than anybody else um, better than than Dwan in my opinion um, so I, I think we're okay um, but uh, I, it's better than it has been in years past I guess because uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, no, you, you, you bring up a really good point in that, you know, these guys, you, you, you would almost just want to rely more on experience in this situation. You know, if if we did have to go to the number two or number three quarterback, you would rather it be, I think in this situation, you would rather be Stetson just because he's more comfortable with the players he's around. He's been here before, a little bit more experience. Uh, he might not be as talented, but he is – you know, a guy who's going to understand that, you know, he's got a team around him that you really only have to just get in their hands and they can go. They will produce. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I agree. And I think Dewan, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, he might not be available until four weeks into the season anyway. Right. He might not be able to play in an actual collegiate game until then, <clears throat> until maybe halfway through the season. I don't know. Um, but you know, here's the situation with him is like his health is is paramount to anything else. It doesn't matter, you know. Like you don't want the kid to go in there whenever he's not ready. He just had a situation. He had brain surgery. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, so I, you know, they're not going to take any chances with him. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm happy we have guys like him and and Stetson behind. I think both of them are capable quarterbacks. Um, but at the same time, you know, neither one of them. Are quite to the level that Fromm is, and we know that. So uh, let's just, you know, like I said, just keep knocking on the wood. Uh, just make sure, make sure nothing bad happens there. We're just not used to having one five-star quarterback. <laughs> it's been a while since we've <laughs> since we've had That's just true. one five-star quarterback. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, man. We we just run it off five-star <laughs> five-star quarterbacks left and right. Oh man. Speaking of uh, five stars and and uh, quarterbacks and incoming recruits, I just want to give a little quick recruiting update. Uh, we, we currently have two commits since the last time we talked about recruiting in the past ep- the last episode. Uh, Chad Lindbergh, who is an offensive tackle from Texas, I don't know anything about, except for he's a four-star, so there's that. And then we also had Kendall Milton, who is a five-star running back from, from California. I think everybody kind of heard about him maybe potentially watch his commitment video uh he had todd Gurley featured in his commitment video which is awesome um he seems to be very excited about being a dog and i'm 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 excited about that i mean you know you can expect us at least every uh, two years to get a five-star running back like this uh but on top of that i've got four uh excuse me four potential commits four guys to watch on the recruiting trail that uh, kind of tie into this whole situation, but Zachary Evans is another five-star quarter, uh, excuse me, running back from 
Houston, Texas. Apparently, everybody thought he was a Texas lock, Texas A&M lock. Then they were like, oh, he might go to LSU. He might go to Alabama. Why not? Uh, you know, because they just had their, their one of their <laughs> – one of their five star running backs, uh, one of their five star running backs got hurt, so which is a terrible situation. Trey Sanders, um, but you know everybody was like, okay, well he's going to go to Alabama now, but uh, yeah, you might want to watch out. He might be trending towards the dogs. Uh, watch out so for Dale. He, watch out for Dale. He'll come in right, there. Dude. He'll come in there and steal you. Dale, Dale, <laughs> he don't give a damn. Man, that guy, that guy, I'll take any any recruit, baby. Uh, but Zachary Evans, remember that name. There's three other names I want to mention to you. Two of them are outside. Uh, excuse me, linebackers slash defensive ends. Actually, uh, Jordan Birch, I believe, is a defensive tackle. He's uh, highly rated from the state of South Carolina. A lot of people thought thought he was going to be a uh, Gamecock, and uh, then a lot of people thought he was going to be a Clemson Tiger. Clemson's already got like. A thousand five star defensive lineman already. They don't need him. We'll take him. We'll take him. Uh, Noah Sewell, who is a just stud of a linebacker. If there's if there's a guy that I want more than anybody, it's this guy. He's from Utah. He's got he's like the Polynesian descent, which is awesome. You know, you get the the guys like that USC used to get all the time. USC in California. Uh, I'd love to have a, a, just a Polynesian train coming across, <laughs> coming across the country. So uh, I'd love to get this guy. He's a stud. He's just super athletic. He's like, God, I want to, I want to find his stats real quick, which, which you know, might take a second. But hold on, once, just give me a, just give me a, a half I, a second. I love it. <laughs> I would love a Polynesian. <laughs> I was Polynesian trying to think. Sauce, it, was, it was like it was like, but we've but we've never had anybody uh, uh, of 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 that no. descent uh, come this far yeah. this far That's east. What I'm saying. Yeah, he's six one, which is not like crazy, but he's two sixty. But he runs he runs like a four seven. Like this guy's like stupid athletic. So <laughs> I anyway Noah, if you're listening to this, which you're definitely not. Uh, we want you. We want you bad. And so, anyway, if he crosses the entire country to, to come, and a lot of people have forecast him towards us, which is awesome. Uh, but, anyway, I'd love to get that guy. Uh, he's he's a stud. And then Keely Ringo, who's another West Coast guy. He's from Arizona. Um, he's a safety. He A lot of people are saying he's been a dog for a while. We'll, we'll, you know, I don't know if he's going to commit before the season starts, uh, which their season out west, it may have already started. So, anyway, Looking forward to seeing you know where all of those those four guys go. Uh, which, hey, just just saying, man, they all got a chance. They all got a chance to be a dog. So, come be a dog. Why don't you? Well, it's right. uh, it's it's getting ridiculous. It uh, kind of leading into the the next section, but um, but man, we've I'm I'm not used. I, and we keep talking about this every year. I'm just not used to this depth, like, and used to this number of guys that by at the beginning of the season that I have to remember their names and I don't even know what they look like. Like <laughs> you just, there, there's so, there's so, so many people. <laughs> there are yeah. so many people that are so talented and it is incredible. And the fact that we're just in all of these conversations is just, is baffling to me. And it just gets me across the country too. Oh it's, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we're not talking about just the South, not, not, not just Georgia. 
We the last time we recruited Georgia very heavily. I mean, I guess I guess last year we still had about maybe half of our class, and then uh, 2017 was kind of three quarters, maybe maybe seven eighths of the class, and then after that it was like, I mean, this this year I think we have like four or five from Georgia, out of the I think current 16 or 17 commits, maybe 18. Which is incredible. I mean, yeah. and I, I'm not saying I'd love to recruit the state of Georgia. If we had all the talent in the world, which we do have a lot of talent, I want all these boys to be from our backyard. But uh, I also want to win national championships. I also would love to have every all the best players from across the country. So I, I'm not trying to say you know I'm I'm, I'm I, I have some favoritism towards Georgia players, but uh, we don't have that. We we can have some guys from Utah or Arizona. Come on, come on, come all. We're we'll, we'll take you <laughs> if you love football. You know he's from California that a lot of people don't know. Running back in the nineties, he's a legend. He's more of an NFL legend than anybody. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Like just uh, anybody? Like who are you? No, no, no. A Georgia a Georgia player from California. He's originally from California. He's like a legend from the nineties. Garrison? With the, no, but he played with he played he played with San Francisco, so that's a good guess. Uh, Terrell Davis. He's originally that's from right. California. Oh yeah, because he was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was about so, to say Garrison's from. Oh, that don't make any sense. <laughs> no, Garrison. I don't know. Garrison's from Georgia. I know that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So. Um, Chancey, I want to ask you, you know, kind of in your opinion, you know, we got all these big recruits coming in this this year. We've got, I mean, an incredible class. I mean, it was the number one class in the country. Uh, who who do you think is going to be the biggest impact freshman this year? Well, uh, uh, apparently George Pickens is going to just be flying around. He's <laughs> going to be floating around the field just catching balls. <laughs> Dude, that catch was absolutely insane. I still don't. I still don't understand the physics of like what he did to contort his body to make that happen. Um, I mean, that was that was probably the most similar catch I've seen to the Odell catch uh-huh. since the Odell catch. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to think who was talking about. I was reading somewhere where um, somebody was talking about. It might have been LeCount was talking about. I think they were talking about Pickens. They were talking about comparing his hands to like AJ's. AJ Green's hands. Maybe they were talking about him. I can't remember. Anyway, but they were just talking. They were. I'm yeah. just gonna say they were. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> somebody was talking about this kid's hands, and that he just had, he just he had instinct for the ball. And so, um, it, to me, it'd be interesting to see if it like with just basically everybody except Simmons for the most part coming in with a clean slate. I mean, it's anybody's. It's anybody's position um so i I'm, I'm real excited about him really these guys uh on, on defense to me um obviously got nakobe dean and nolan smith I, I think these guys nolan nolan he's a little shorter isn't he is nolan a little shorter yeah he's like he's like right he's either 5'11 or six foot he's he's Wait, sorry, Nolan? Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about Nakobe. No, Nolan is. Uh, I think he's at least six two. Maybe I'm th- maybe uh, maybe I'm thinking of Nakobe. No, he, yeah, he's listed at six three. Okay, well then maybe I was thinking of Nakobe. Yeah, Nakobe's set six foot. Yeah, and so he. Well, I guess that's who I was thinking of. But apparently, he's been he's already been kind of making an impact and and doing well in practice. So I, 
to to me, I mean, I'll, like I said, you've got you've got you a list here. You got Jermaine Johnson, Travon Walker, um, Tyreek Stevenson, and we talk about Nakobe and, and and Nolan. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I was we got a Google Doc here, and you had like three names, and then you, we just kind of started talking about it, and you started adding names, and then you're just like, oh well, we've got oh yeah, we could put Travon Walker on there. And you're like, well, I, God, I can't forget about Nakobe Dean. Just keep going down the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like uh, I mean, all these guys are gonna have like. To me, especially, and we're, and we're going to get into the schedule this year, but these guys, I feel like they're going to do a good job at the beginning of the season of getting these guys a lot of good playing time before we get to Notre Dame these first three games and really rotating them in. And I, mean, I think you'll see these guys, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, I'd like to see uh, Tyreek uh, lay the wood uh, against Vandy. Uh, like he popped Simmons, I'd love to see a few. Uh, <laughs> I'd hey, love to see some I- licks. I'm not going to lie. It was the best hit of the day. It was incredible. He squared up and just right through the chest. <laughs> um, but I'm – no, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's it's incredible how, you know, each each year with Kirby, we've seen, you know, guys that contribute – like, you know, great contributors, solid contributors in that 2016 class. And he kept a lot of those guys on board, you know, Ben Cleveland, Jacob Eason – but then he also then after that he got the number one class in the country and you look at that class top to bottom and you're like good gracious like this is a this is like a you know whenever you can get a recruiting class this is the way I look at it and you get a recruiting class and the majority of that class is actually a solid either starters or solid contributors to the season but or you know for their career then that's that's when you've done really well with recruiting and then we're seeing we're seeing numbers between you know, 60 and 80% of classes that are immediately contributors to the team. So, you know, like last year, we, I think we set the, I don't know if we set the record, but we were like number, you know, top five in the amount of freshmen that we played last year and, or saw playing time period. So, I mean, we're seeing more and more talented. I mean, the game of college football is getting younger and younger. You know, we're seeing you, – you even – you don't even have to look too far. Like, you you look at the Heisman. You know, we saw the first – you know, Tebow was the first technical, you know, sophomore, I guess, to win the Heisman. And then, you know, we saw guys that are redshirt freshmen win the Heisman. We saw – you know, so it's – it used to never be that. It used to either be a senior – most of the time a senior or a junior that win it. But we're seeing more and more talented people, are more way more prepared. Like Nolan Smith, for instance – he went to IMG Academy. That's like basically going to a small college before you go to college. So, I mean, these guys come in, they're super prepared. I'm expecting guys like Nolan Smith and Jermaine Johnson to push Adam Anderson, Walter Grant, uh, and Aziz Ojolari in front of them. I mean, and I expect Nicobe Dean to push on Monty Rice and to push on Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. I mean, these guys immediately can come in and make it make a difference and at least give us great depth in a position. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. They're all super talented. It's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think you'll have – I think you'll have – these guys are going to – like I said, with the, with the way we usually have been rotating folks – I mean, they're going to come in quick, and it, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to try to take some of those starting jobs. I mean, I think some you'll, some of these guys toward the end of the season, you're going to see some freshmen oh, yeah. that are going to be they're going to be uh, taking the majority of the of the snaps. So that's that's exciting. I'm I'm pumped about it. So um, I think uh, 
so kind of kind of leading off of that uh anything you need to add on freshmen i think we have a lot of them and they're all really good <laughs> i think to sum that all up yeah. is to say we've got a bunch of them and they are all very talented you many know stars crazy is, you know, you know, I love recruiting. I'm a I'm a recruiting kind of guy, but I'm I, I haven't been quite as plugged into it the past few years. But it's still crazy because I look at these guys like Noah Sewell, who I you know discussed earlier, the Polynesian guy, you know, um, the Polynesian sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, you know, guys like that, I'm just like, God, if we get him, we can like immediately plug him in, which is like not necessarily true. It's yeah. like. Like, it used to be. It used to be like that. I mean, it used to be where we would have guys who, if you were one of the top three players in our class, then you are head and shoulders above the rest of the class. No doubt about it. And you would probably start. You would probably get some uh, some great playing time. But now it's like, okay, like if you're one of the top three players, you're like probably just as good as the top 15 players. Yeah, It's incredible. I mean, yeah. the, the, the talent level... There's a big difference. A lot of people talk about recruiting, and there's a big difference between, you know, if you if you follow on 247 or Rivals or wherever, there's a huge difference between the top three or four classes and the top ten classes. So if you're comparing the top, the number two class versus the number nine class, it's like, okay, well, number nine class, like, that's really good. You got some solid players, I think, some guys that people anticipate to contribute. But when you get in that top three or four classes that's when you know you're elite i mean that's that's been the gap between us and alabama until kirby came on board you know until 2017 so you're starting to see us be like that and then you 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 wonder how could georgia like become such a i mean how how what about georgia's receiving core in this situation you know they just lost riley ridley uh miko harbin terry godwin i mean you you name it all those guys that we lost last year, and um, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I, there's still some unproven guys, and there's some guys that weren't like super highly touted. But man, I mean, we got talent on talent on talent, and that's the way you build a team. That's how you build a dynasty. Yes, yes, no, I'm, I'm with you. And uh, speaking of those guys, we've got uh, wanted to kind of bring uh, to highlight some of our. Some of our team leaders, um, there's some guys that definitely stand out uh, above the rest, um, but wanted to focus on some more our more uh, senior uh, folks on the team. Um, anybody that's standing out to you in particular that you want to mention? Uh, Sim is, is – we need him. Yeah. We need him to be a leader in that wide receiver core. Just, just like what I was talking about, I mean – you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have somebody that's telling you, you know, what's what, you know, what route you're about to run, or you know, being an, an example at the very least, you know, you you're not going to go anywhere. So if we we need Tyler Simmons to be that guy in the wide receiver core, I think he can be. I'm excited about him. Um, and then you know, obviously the, the you know Fromm is is a no brainer. I mean, we have to have him. Is there anybody else that comes to mind for you? My, my um, I mean, I, I think Fromm's got to, obviously he's got to play that, and, and um, and I've talked about him, his leadership on the, on here before. Uh, to me, it's defensively. Uh, that's where um, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm a little interested to see who's going to kind of step up, uh, step up there, and, and with a with a younger linebacking core and um, those guys. I mean, obviously you got J.R. Reed. 
um, as a guy who can can kind of take that spot and be that leader to me. He's somebody that'll that'll that stands out. Um, I, I think uh, I'd love for um, one of our one of our linebackers to kind of step up and take that role because. Our, like we've talked, we have roughly, I think we have almost 1,200 linebackers on scholarship, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give or take a few, and uh, it's insane how many guys that we've got uh, inside and outside, just the whole core, and um, really want to see somebody step up out of that, whether it's Tay or if it's Monty. Um, I, I'm just interested. I, I don't know who's going to do it, but I think you got to have somebody there for those guys. But um, on the defensive side, I do think Jr. is going to be the one that. He'll be he'll be the one that a lot of people look to, um, but I'm I, I'm interested to see and who out of that linebacking core is gonna gonna step up. You know we we give uh, Richie the count a lot of uh, grief on this show. Um, show is, is it called a show? I guess we are show uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, and you know the thing is, Richie I think gets a lot of grief from his his head coach. I think Kirby demands a lot from him. I mean, I think he probably he probably rags on him to his face, you know, more than any any other player in in the on the team. But because of that, you know, I think Richie has really been groomed to be the leader that he's going to be this year. I mean, you know, for all the times that we've made fun of his lack of arms, it's <laughs> his. His dinosaur tackling, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I think he, I think he could be a great leader on this team, and I think he is outspoken, which is fantastic sometimes, and I, I appreciate the effort that he gives. I appreciate the hustle and all the, you know, time and the effort. Um, you know, we just want to see him. I want to see him be that general on, on the field because it's him and Tay, uh, in my opinion, on the defensive side. You know, Tay, Tay's been here since God knows when. <laughs> he he started out as the running back from Harris County, and uh, now he's one of the you know the middle linebackers uh, on the defense, and and he's I no doubt in my mind he's going to start right now. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what him and Tay are going to do together to be generals for this for this you know side of the ball. Um, I'm with you, man. Defensive side of the ball is going to be what I mean. That's Georgia football. Yeah, defense. I mean, offense is great. It's, it can be it can be fun. I mean, we have one of the greatest off in the history of Georgia football. We have one of the greatest offensive players in the history of Georgia football I mean, of college football. Yeah, Herschel Walker, pretty decent. I don't know if you've heard of him, um, but you know, when you look at the past the past few decades of Georgia football, you know the the reason we've been in a lot of these football games have been because because of our defense, our our junkyard dog defense type type deal. So. I'm looking forward to seeing those two guys step it up, and um, you know, I think I think offensive side of the ball too. I mean, you got some guys that like on the offensive line that are going to be incredible. I mean, I think we need those guys to be a little bit more spoken, and I think we got rid of a few of the the cancers in the off season. So, hey, let's let's move forward from here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. No, no doubt that especially in that front seven, we got the talent uh, on the defense side of the ball. Um, so. Uh, just need some folks to step up, step up and show out. But um, let's see. Uh, let's look at our schedule for the year. So I wanted to bring up toughest game, trap game, 
and what else the rest of the SEC is looking like what we got going on so um, I'll give you my thought on the toughest game and to me to me it's a I think the hardest I think the toughest opponent we're gonna play is a and I I think um, that's just I, I think by the end of this season I think that they're gonna be in, in terms of the, of the schedule I think they're going to be – they might be pretty beat up by then, just having to play in the West. Um, but for, I, for some reason, I'm just – I feel like they're going to – Jimbo's going to have his time to get that team, um, get them where they need to be, and and, uh, and I think it'll I think it'll be interesting. Having it at home helps, but I, I'm, I don't know. That, that game just is, is, is sticking out to me. So here's – I mean – I agree. I think that Texas A&M is going to be the best team that we play. I completely agree with that. Uh, I think Florida is going to be uh, doo-doo. <laughs> I think uh, – I mean, here's the deal. Florida is the most overhyped team in the it's country. It's unbelievable. Right yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we, just gave them, we just gave them their best player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You saw that that uh, that link that um, article that somebody put out on our group text about um, you know how they were all basically enamored by Brenton Cox. Like, oh my gosh, this guy came in and he's like immediately the best player that we've ever seen. God <laughs> bless, man. He's like unblockable. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Brenton Cox. You want to go ahead and address that real quick? Yeah, I mean. So, if obviously you didn't hear this past week, uh, the whole Brenton Cox was in uh, practice on last Monday, and by Friday he was in uh, Florida uh, get gear and down in Gainesville. Um, still some uh, in there's there's still some question as to if he was removed from the team or if he left the team, or I don't know what that looks like. I that no one has officially said what that was and they, and they you know, they won't ever say it but um apparently it was it was pretty uh it, it was the deal that he always was arguing coaching staff none of the players liked him like it wasn't it was just a bad fit from the beginning and and he got yeah. into he got who did he get into a fight with last year um uh DeAndre Walker yeah I was about to say senior. and uh yeah. and so that obviously looked real good and uh and so it just just a guy that just didn't fit the. I mean, obviously he's very talented, and he played a good. I mean, he played a ton last year, um, but he just didn't didn't fit with what we were trying to do, and uh, didn't want to be a yeah. part of it. So, um, have fun. We'll see you in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. I, I I'm just not gonna you know bring Cox as I think he could have been potentially the starter this year in one of our outside linebacker positions, but. Uh, you know, when when you have a position like that, that's it's the deepest position on our team as far as talent goes. Uh, when you have one like that, and you lose a guy who apparently had a terrible attitude, talked back to the coaches. Um, you know, obviously got arrested for the marijuana situation over the off season. Uh, you, you just like okay, well, you know, if you, if you're a guy who's you know essentially uncoachable, you know, have fun, you know, get out of here. Uh, you go, if you're going to Florida, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're 
choosing to go to Florida whenever you're in the transfer portal, and that's where you want to be, that means that you basically want to play against your team that you just loved. And I hope we beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I can't wait until he's playing against guys who put, he played against in practice who probably beat his ass in practice. Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Wilson, whatever side of the of the offensive line you're going against. I'm sorry, buddy, but you're you're going against some big dudes who <laughs> will beat your tail and beat basically 95% of the tail across the country. So, anyway, I'm you know, it's neither here nor there, but uh I am ready to move on, but it's still just kind of one of those things that I felt like we needed to talk about because I mean, how absurd is it for a kid to be practicing in Athens on Monday? And then be wearing blue and orange on Friday, and 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 that's that's and for me that's just kind of like one of those things that that's that's an unforgivable sin. So anyway, back back to the schedule real quick. Basically, I agree with you. I think the toughest game is going to be Texas A&M, and, and it's at home. I just think they are a considerably better team than most everybody else on our on our schedule. I think Notre Dame is going to be a little bit. Uh, overhyped coming into the game. The fact that that's in Sanford Stadium, highest ticket prices ever. ever. <laughs> Just incredible. Uh, so anyway, I'm not too worried about the Notre Dame game. What's your uh, What's your trap game? Uh, I'm thinking away games. So may like Tennessee maybe. Yeah, say if we win against Notre Dame and we're we've got uh, we've got a big head coming into Tennessee and we feel we're feeling good. Um, coming in undefeated, and Tennessee's only can obviously only get better um, because they were terrible. But they might be playing well by that point. So to me, that's to me Tennessee is kind of comes to mind because um, really everybody else at home, um, kind of your typical trap games at home. Um, I'm trying to look away at, at the away games, and Tennessee kind of sticks out to me. You know, I, I'm glad you said Tennessee. I think that's one that I mean, especially being in Neyland Stadium. Um, I mean, that's that's one to always worry about. I don't I don't care how terrible we are or how sorry how terrible they are. <laughs> um, I don't really care how terrible they are. It's always it's always a daunting task to go to Neyland and get a W. So I agree with Tennessee. My trap game is actually Missouri what you mentioned earlier, just simply because I think they're going to be a fairly talented offense. They've got a few pretty good running backs but that are coming back. And then also uh, Kelly Bryant, you know, Clemson, uh, the Clemson quarterback who transferred over there. So he's going to be immediately eligible for the season. So I'm, you know, expecting to see him come November. It's just so weird. I mean, we're looking at the schedule this year. I mean, next year is going to be a little bit different, obviously, but – you know, you've got Missouri playing in November this year instead of, like, in the middle of October. We've got Kentucky moved up to the middle of October. Basically, Kentucky and Missouri swap places. Uh, and then we'll get into the 2020 schedule a little bit later. But, man, it's just it's, it's starting to be weird, and I hate how, you know, everything's being uh, basically changed because of, of, of TV contracts. But, um, it's it's you know, it's still a good schedule. It's a much better schedule than next year, which we'll get into, like I said. Um, but I think the Missouri is a trap game just simply because we're coming off the Florida um, game down in Jacksonville on November 2nd. It's the weekend after that. Thankfully, it's at home. I'm not too worried about it, but it is. I mean, it feels like we just played them at home, but obviously we went there last year. I remember the Eric Stokes, like, 
he he blocked the punt. Right, Tyson yeah. Campbell got the pick six. So I remember it now, but I was like, oh, didn't we just beat their ass in Sanford Stadium? I don't. <laughs> well, it also it also every if you go back and watch the game, it also looks like we were playing in a high school stadium because we basically were, if you remember that stadium correctly, because of where yep. they have to put yeah, the yeah. cameras. It's just like a, such a terrible. <laughs> it's so yep. bad. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what prime it, it, time it's is. It's like it's like playing in Vanderbilt, man. Yeah, it's, it's the same it's thing. It's basically the same size, same size uh, stadium. It's it's pretty terrible. About the same size as Lowndes High School. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Go Vikings. <laughs> um, but anyway, I I think uh, pretty good schedule this year. We played a lot of the key games at home, especially Notre Dame and Texas A&M. If the, both of those were away, or either one of those were away, it'd be a different story. Uh, but you know we're looking at Notre Dame at home, biggest game of the season, Texas A&M to basically cap off the season because we play at Georgia Tech, which is you know, do they even have a football team anymore? I don't know. I don't. Have you seen some of the social social media stuff that they've been doing? They're 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 trying real hard, and it's cute. They're they're burying themselves. No, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of offense they're going to run this year. Every time I think, could they be any lamer? They uh, they one up me every time. So anyway, good for Tech. Uh, bunch of losers. Um, we're gonna play a game real quick right before we get into the 2020 schedule and wrap this thing up. I want to just kind of ask you, pose these questions to you. Uh, there's there's a lot of position battles here. There's about a lot of uh, ones versus twos, twos versus threes. Who's gonna be? You know, the starter who's going to be the uh, biggest contributor and, the you know, the next man in. Um, who do you think between these two pairs, I mean, this pairs of, of, of players, who do you think is going to be the bigger contributor to the season? I'm going to pose these questions to you. Uh, William Poole or Mark Webb? So, I I did get to see these ahead of time, so thank you for uh, for, for giving that and just putting me completely Prepare on the spot. Um, <laughs> and the more I was thinking about it last season, um, I, I – I personally think Poole is going to be the guy. Um, I, I I don't know what I saw last season that just kind of makes me think that. Um, last season he had, let's see, had nine tackles, nine solo tackles, and uh, one assist. So he had ten total tackles. Um, I mean, I mean, both guys, I mean, to me, I, I, I felt Poole, um, but that was just me personally. So not um, – not not sure what you're thinking on there, but I mean, most both guys got to see some pretty good production last year. Um, but that I'm kind of leaning, I'm kind of leaning towards Pool. Yeah, I'm actually opposite of you. I think Mark Webb's going to be the guy who could either potentially be that star position or be that second man in on either one of the corner positions, which is interesting. I definitely think he's more of a hybrid safety cornerback because he's a little bit longer. Um, he, you know, is the converted receiver. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing both of those guys. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a battle throughout the season. Um, Malik Herring or David Marshall, who's going to be the biggest contributor? I am going Malik. To me, he just I just felt like he was a, a – you could see him kind of becoming that dominant presence on the line. He was just the guy that I thought had between him and David that was gonna gonna make it happen. Um, let's see, what did David do last year? I'm trying to over his numbers. He got hurt, so that's what I'm saying. David that, David was hurt, and so that because yeah. that took that took most of his time away. Because I was trying to think um, when he came back, but um, but yeah, so I, I think Malik, especially like I said with the experience, so I, I'm I'm leaning towards Malik on that one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
it's you know it's hard for me to pick you know David over Malik in this situation because essentially you know David Marshall you know he was hurt for the majority of the season last year and um, he he just kind of you know when you got a guy like Malik who may be potentially more talented but probably I think he's a little bit smaller than David um, I, I I agree with you I lean towards Malik I think he's got another year in the system he's he turned it on last year he looked pretty darn good and so I'm thinking that he's going to learn a little bit more this year and be that guy that we're going to look forward to uh, seeing coming off the edge um, but you know the defensive ends in our scheme you know are really more of of, of block holders right. than anything right. but he's 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 good, man. I'm I'm looking for. I think he's gonna be in the backfield, uh, as well. Uh, and then let's see. The third is who do you think is going to be the bigger contributor? Oziz, excuse me, Aziz Ojulari or Robert Bale? And I forget about these guys. I forget about Bale. He's a guy. That's the reason I put him on there. Whenever I was putting this list together, I'm like, my God. Like what? <laughs> this guy was a four four star outside linebacker at one point. I think was maybe a five star, and now now it's like, well, is he going to be like potentially the backup? Yeah. <laughs> What's the situation? <laughs> so, what do you think there? Well, apparently, all uh, Ojolari has been making some uh, making some moves here in the off season. Um, people are kind of looking to him um, and saying that he's he's been stepping up, and so. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Ozilari. I mean, I, I I think that just I'm hearing positive things, and and like I said, uh, between him him and Bale, uh, I think just from what I'm hearing and the way that guys are talking about him, and um, I think it I think it kind of be a toss up. But I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say all oh, Ozilari is gonna gonna surprise us. This this may be the toughest one on the list because I think Ozilari has been. The trending guy here, but also Beal over over the uh, off season has you know, and and at the end of the last year, you you kind of saw him play a little bit more in the SEC championship and in the uh, Sugar Bowl as well. And a lot of people were really impressed with what he did. I'm going to go with Ojulari here as well. I think he's kind of slated to have that starting position, and I'm looking forward to you know Beal being able to be that first man in. I mean, you know, gone are the days where. Outside linebackers and defensive linemen play every freaking snap in a game. That yeah. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, a guy like Jordan Davis, holy cow, you think he's gonna be in there every down? <laughs> Hell no. So anyway, uh, you know, these boys, these boys need you know good reps, and then they need to be, you know, they need some time to to refresh on, on the sideline and get back in there and make another play. So anyway, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Ojulari is gonna be the guy. Uh, actually, this may be the biggest one because I think it, it may be the closest race. But Cade Mays or Ben Cleveland? Uh, I've been, I, I almost lost sleep over this one last night. I'm, I'm personally think that um, Ben is gonna kind of step up this year. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like coming in being a, 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 a an older guy now um, has seen a lot and can kind of. He's a good old boy. I guess because he's just a good old boy. I want him to. I want him. I love. Yeah. I love seeing that. And um. And Did you read all about him using his his pocket knife like for everything? <laughs> Did you read that article? Yeah. yeah. He just like you know uses his pocket knife to pick his toes, but then also picks his teeth with the same one, and then guts his deer and 
I mean, that's a country boy if I've ever heard it. So I, th- I think that's. I think if anything, that's why I, I want the guy to uh, to be to be our guy. Um, but obviously, Cade's incredibly talented. I think this it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I'm gonna go with Ben. I think he's gonna be our. I think he's gonna be the guy. You know, I think by the end of the season, here's here's my situation. Is I think Cade may start. And if he starts and then continues, this is a no-brainer, but, I mean, if he starts and continues to play well, he's going to keep the position. But I think he may start and then Ben replace him and then Ben kind of come on and be the guy. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pulling for both the, both of those guys. I think they're both hard workers. I think they're both super talented. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on, you know, who wants it more. So between those two, I, I almost don't even know what to say. I'll, I'll say. I'll say Cade just to be opposite from you. <laughs> Um, but I think they're both studs. Yeah. Uh, second to last, uh, either or, um, Kyrus Jackson versus Demetrius Robertson, basically a competition in the slot position, the uh, X receiver. Who do you think is going to be the bigger, bigger contributor? I think Kyrus. Um, I, 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 Demetrius, with having a year under his belt, like I say, getting to see the playbook some more, obviously being a transfer from Cal, Um just made me, I don't know, he didn't see the ball much. I don't think we targeted him a whole lot either, but um, Kiaris just kind of gives me a better uh, a better vibe, uh, if anything. I mean, we we lost so many of our guys. Like, we just didn't see these guys yeah. play. I mean, so it's just kind of a, yeah. a crapshoot. Um, so I, I'm leaning. It's incredible. I'm, it, it, it's weird how it makes me excited, though, you know. Right. Well, and, and, I, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I, I didn't say it earlier, but, like, I, right after all the – Guys left for the NFL, and and we had the um, we had like JJ get kicked off the team, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, God, we're losing all these guys. And then the more and more you think about it, and we we talked about it. It's just like we've got. Last year we were we came in young, and you saw us how young we were, and all those young guys are still young. But the amount of the amount of playing time they got, it's like we somehow are on paper young younger than we were last year. But yeah. we're so we've got so much experience, like in, in terms right. obviously not this position, but across the board. But I think a lot of these guys, I mean, playing against our defense in practice every single day, I mean, I'm I'm pumped about it. So I, we didn't really get to see much from Kiers or or Demetrius Robertson, but I, I'm I'm leaning Kiers. This is a tough one for me. I, I love Kyrus. I think Demetrius is the more, you know, star. He's the star power guy. Um, I think I'm actually going to lean Kyrus as well, because I think Demetrius will be potentially moved out to some of those other positions. Uh, he Kyrus is definitely more of a pure slot guy, and then Demetrius can play both the Y and and Z receiver at split end. You know, so. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think Kyrus might be the uh, bigger name there, bigger uh, contributor. Uh, last but not least, Devon Wilson versus Tyson Campbell. We saw Devon kind of be that guy uh, towards the end of the season who filled in um, for whoever the hell got hurt. I don't remember. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Devon Wilson or Tyson Campbell. I'm going to go Tyson. Um, the guy had some great production last year, and I think, I mean, he played played a good, he played a ton, and um, just, I don't know, I felt like he was 
when you watched him play, he was kind of commanding that role. So I, I'm, I, I feel like Tyson. To me, this was kind of I, I, divide. Did definitely step up at the end of the season, but Tyson for me, um, he he kind of showed to, to me. He started to show his his true colors there at the end. He was a guy we were wanting to step up, um, kind of the whole the whole season. But um, I'm I'm leaning Tyson on this one. I agree. I agree. I think Tyson's going to be – he's going to probably start opposite of Stokes. Yeah. And it's incredible how talented he is. But then I'm like, man, we got Devon behind him. we got Tyreek behind him. Like, holy cow, these guys. Also, we got all these defensive backs. And I'm like, can we put, like, 11 defensive backs on the field? Does, does that work? Uh, so, you know, man, I'm, I'm pumped about all these guys. I think Tyson's going to be a – you know, he, to, to me, watching Tyson last year, I feel like he had really good – you know, he could stay with a guy who's stretching down the field, but he needed to be better about moving his hips and his agility and keeping up with the guys that are crossing the field. So, um, man, if he's kind of increased – I mean, if he's gotten better on that, uh, he could be an incredible, potentially all-SEC cornerback. Well, we, I mean, when because when, kind of the way I was all last year is like I felt good that he was out there, but I also was kind of holding my breath the whole time because you just didn't know. Right. You just didn't know. Right. You didn't know what he was going to do. Was he going to make that mistake? And, and really, by the end of the season, I didn't have – he, he grew up, and you could see him making those adjustments, and he he really changed over the course of the of the season. And so, to the point where you weren't concerned, you knew the guy was going to play uh, and play play the position well. So I feel I feel pretty good about about yeah. him. It's kind of it's kind of same same way that I we were just talking about Devon. Like you you look at the last like three or three or four games of the season last year, and Tyson was was pretty darn incredible. Um, and, you know, it was kind of the same thing with Devon, but then you look at the LSU game, Tyson was bad, man. Yeah. That game was – he was – he looked – him and him and Fromm were very off their game that year. I mean, that game. So, uh, anyway, I mean, I think you can't lose with either one of those guys, but I agree with you. I think Tyson, at the end of the day, is going to be the guy uh, between those two. Um, well, Chansey, we heard – what was it, last week, the 2020 – Georgia football schedule was released, and uh, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you uh, – do you have that pulled up on your end? Yes. <laughs> no. It's somewhere uh, in the midst of all this. <laughs> yes, I have Okay. It. All right. Yeah, you want to run through that real quick? All right, so we're starting off on September 7th, which is uh, a Monday, correct? Yeah, it's a Monday. We got the freaking uh, – whatever is it? I guess that's – Whatever the memorial or uh, it's a Chick Fil A opener, like or whatever opener, but it's not. There's they always have one on Saturday, and then they have one on on Monday. Yeah, well, and, and and I, we're playing old Virginia, so we're playing the the uh, Virginia on that Monday, which I'm. It's just like <laughs> it'd be not. Nice. Not at least play Virginia Tech. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. So we got that. So on September seventh, we got Virginia. Um, uh, ESPN's already got that locked up. Then we're playing uh, ETSU, which is uh, um, John. That's from Johnson City. In case you didn't know that. Uh, okay. They got a great pharmacy school. Uh, in case you're curious. And then from there, we're uh, going to Tuscaloosa. Obviously, the highlight of the season. Um, everybody's kind of harking back to the last time we were at Alabama and the uh, one and done 
and uh, what a what a beautiful time. What a what a play that was. That was all because uh, that was uh, Mikey. I said it, it was Mikey because um, I was, I was Mikey yeah. Henderson for some reason. Flowers kept popping ahead. Like, Wasn't he like flowers. five foot ten or oh something? Oh my god! Like we, <laughs> he was the scrappiest I mean, player we had like yeah. for a long time. I love that. Guy. <laughs> he was awesome. Um, He's awesome. But uh, just uh, and then terrible memories after that. But uh, playing them. But uh, so we're going to uh, Tuscaloosa, uh, Louisiana Monroe, Vandy, and then <laughs> October tenth. The usual time that clean old fashioned hate is, <laughs> uh, or not clean old fashioned hate. Uh, sorry, <laughs> dang, I, deep not, south oldest rivalry. This, this got me so deep south oldest rivalry. I clean, we, we've been recording for a while. I clean old fashioned okay. hate that this crap is on October tenth, and this is. Does that not piss you off? I mean, that pisses so me off ridiculous. more than well, than anything. That's because Auburn whines every year because. They've got to play us, and then they got to play Alabama, yeah. and so well, it's like you, sh- you shouldn't be stupid. Um, hey, the grass is always greener. You know what happened to them, right? Now they play LSU and <laughs> Alabama back to back. So they replaced us. I think they had to go to Death Valley too. So they replaced us with a trip to Death Valley before they play Alabama. Sorry, Auburn, you shouldn't have been a bunch of bitches. <laughs> well, the pro, well, the because they had after A uh, and M and Missouri joined the the sec they got put home and home with us and bama so they were home and home away and away so it was just kind of screwing them up um anyway so florida's at the usual time and then south carolina's the week after that and they're in november like this is okay (laughs) it goes florida south carolina tennessee kentucky and tech and like yeah i don't know Whatever. Well, here, here's the way I look at it. South Carolina, I definitely look at and think, okay, that should be an early early season game. Like, I, I like playing South Carolina the second game of the season or the first game of the season. That that doesn't bother me. Tennessee, though, I, w- I don't mind that being – I feel like Tennessee is not a bad late season opponent. I mean, you know, we've he, they've been in the middle of October since God knows forever. So, I don't – you know, them moving back to I, – I feel like Tennessee and Auburn are two guys that we – you know, they I think of them and I'm like, all right, autumn showdowns. You know, these are fall showdowns. Um, so whenever the – you know, the air is a little bit colder, you know, you're in – you know, you can get out there and get a light jacket on. Hell, who knows, it might be 95 degrees in the middle of November. But uh, anyway, Tennessee is kind of one of those ones that don't – you know, it's not that big of a deal. Kentucky basically just got moved back two weeks. Because it used to be the weekend after Florida, right? Basically, Tennessee, Tennessee, and Auburn got swapped. You know, from the middle of November to the middle of October. So, and then obviously Tech is at its usual rivalry position right there at the end of the season. But I don't hate the November schedule. Um, I'm not going to go to Columbia. So there's, there's that's the one that bothers me the most in November. It's like I don't, I'm not going to go to Columbia. I, I, I may go to Auburn. You know, whenever we play them in the middle of October next year, but I'm just, you know, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not pumped about moving them. They've been in, apparently they've been in November since forever. No, yeah. and that that I think that's. I think I'm just I'm sour about the whole thing because of that. I mean, I, I'm with you on Tennessee. That's a that's a good point about them, but um, I'm I don't know. It's it's a weird schedule. Um, I mean. We don't play in Athens 
for forever. For a, uh, it's over, over a month. month. Over a month. So yeah. we go play Auburn on October 10th. That's going to uh, get old fast. And uh, and then we don't play again until we play Tennessee. In, in, uh, in, and this is part of kind of the, the Kirby – or the the conversation of why Florida, like why the yeah. Florida, like uh, Georgia, Florida is shouldn't be in Jacksonville because it would be, um, I guess, would we we would be home this year? would we be home this year? I can't remember if we were last year or not. I can't remember. Uh, either way, uh, last year last year we were home. Okay, well then never mind. It wouldn't matter this year anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, it's fine. I, I guess I don't know. But what are, what are your overall thoughts? I I, I don't love it. I think the Auburn move is what pisses me off the most. Like I said, I, I don't mind the Tennessee moving back later in the schedule. I think it kind of goes with, you know, that kind of older older traditional SEC rivalries. But South Carolina has no business being in November. Uh, the Florida game, I think eventually will get moved. I think it will eventually be a home-and-home home or home-home home in Jacksonville. Um, so here's the deal. I, you know, we have no control over this. All we can do is just bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> but and, I, and I'm gonna these, and I'm gonna. Yeah. You bet your butt. You bet your butt. I'm gonna bitch about it. But uh, it's just most of this is just like, okay, the first three games, two of which like ETSU could potentially beat Virginia. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I mean, like, why are we playing Virginia in in Mercedes Benz? To start the game on a, mo- I mean, start of the season on a Monday night. I don't want to go to that because we're playing Virginia. If we're playing any other, honestly, most of the other opponents in the ACC, I would go, no doubt about it. But I'm, I'm probably not going to go just simply because it's Virginia. I mean, my gosh. Well, and I, I'm that's not like going to drive, and I'm not going to drive to Atlanta, like being yeah. from down here to. That's like 20 hours from me. Yeah, yeah, forever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. I mean, the only good thing about this, like playing on a Monday that we're playing in Virginia, is that we've got ETSU that Saturday, and we don't have right. a short week going into it. I mean, I guess as if you have to look at some bright side of all this, but we better get paid a bunch of freaking money to play in this game. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this Kirby going to pull this stunt. Come on, man. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure we're getting paid. I'm sure we're getting paid. Sorry, that's me smacking my headphone on the <laughs> my desk. Come on, dude. I'm sorry. Be a professional. <laughs> Just a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're super professional. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on that. I mean, I think going into the season, um, just my overall outlook is, man, this is a team that can get a lot of it done. It's just kind of a matter of can we get the whole thing done? Uh, can we, to, to use the Mark Rick mantra, I mean, can we finish the drill in this situation, man? I mean, you know, we've been so close for the past two years. Um, you know, we basically played a national championship last year without being in the national championship, and then we got our tail handed to us against Texas. So it's like, man, can these guys that have all this talent in the world, can they match it up with the leadership and the want to to finish the drill this season and be become champions? So they, I, I think there's a chance. It's just kind of, you know, let's, let's play it out and see how it looks. Uh, my thought is, is we – we finished the season, uh, obviously with a with a thud. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how our guys respond to that. Uh, a lot of these guys were a part of that team, and uh, some of them were a part of the, the team before that tasted success. But a lot of these guys, that was their this was their first year, their first time playing in, in the season. 
Um, I want to see, I want to see us, like you kind of mentioned it, the want, uh, I want to see how we come out of the gate this season. Um, and and like the way we play in Nashville to me is going to say a lot about, it doesn't have to be perfect form. It doesn't have to be perfect execution. I just want us to, to go out there and just want to kick their ass like from the beginning and like people getting hype and just going to town. And because it's like, I want these guys to know that they're, that they're talented but I want them to know that we got our tail beat by Texas last year. And now Texas is a powerhouse because we let them whoop up on us. I mean, yep. Texas is now the – the they're being put on a pedestal like Florida as being a dominant player in, in the – in the uh, in college football because we just had our te- – we were tucked our tails between our legs because we were – because we were mad that we got beat in the game before. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it, it just – that – to me, that's what I want to see, and if we can do that, man, this this team, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit with these guys. But I want to just go out there, and I, I want to. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm tired of I'm tired of sitting around and and talking about it. I'm ready to I'm ready to play some ball. Yeah, yeah. What did what did uh, Michael Jordan say one time? It was like the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> <laughs> no true no, words. We're beyond that. We're beyond that. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm with you, my man. Um, yes. Hey, looking forward to the season. Hey, we're going to have some good things coming out. Hopefully, we'll have some morning of, a.k.a. at the tailgate mm. on Saturdays. Maybe we'll have some tidbits. Maybe we'll do some live shows on either Instagram or YouTube. We're going to we're, we're brainstorming them some fun ideas. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about the season. Maybe we'll get some new logos. Maybe... I, I was gonna bring this up to you. Maybe we'll make some hats with the logo on it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> it probably sounds expensive. <laughs> I don't know we don't know what the money. hell we're doing. <laughs> All right, boss. Well, uh, in closing, I'll say, go dogs. What you got? Hey man, dogs on top. Let's go. Beat the door. Back to the lab again, yo. This old rap city better.